Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. It's time to go. Kelly Sanders dancing to the Dixie Darling music, and uh, he's the ugliest Dixie Darling I've ever seen. But nevertheless, he's got good rhythm there, Sander. I, my, my elbows are at eye level where they're supposed you to be. You learned that, I didn't did. you, on the show? They you taught me that, that. yeah. Welcome to the Eagle Hour, everybody. Glad to have you along with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. The full gang is here. Bob, Kelly, and Luke, we're glad you're with us, too. Opening segment sponsored by our good buddy, Justin, and the gang down at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. They cook delicious food. They cater great events, and we appreciate all they do for Southern Miss Athletics. We hope you'll put Dickie's on your list the next time you want to take your family out for a great meal. Always look forward to shows like this, guys. There was another baseball game last night where Southern Miss uh, wins a really sweet one. They win the series against South Alabama. They break the jinx, and I was never worried, not for a minute. Oh, yeah. And if you believe that, I got some ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Oceanfront property in In Wichita. Not even Arizona, Nebraska. Great ninth inning comeback for the Golden Eagles. Luke, we were talking before the air. Our hearts, you, you, you said the same thing I felt. My heart sunk. In the seventh inning, when they clear the bases, South Alabama with the double, take a lead for the first time in the game, and uh, they get through the eighth inning, and you're going down to the last inning, and now you know you're behind. You've tr- you've won basically the entire game up to the seventh inning, and then and the guys come through, really hit the ball, and uh, had to feel good really for Sargent, who had a huge hit. That's a kid from. Uh, Wilmer. Wilmer just up the road in the Mobile. It was another great comeback by this ball club. The uh, the definition of despondent, is it's an adjective, and it means in low spirits from loss of hope or courage. That, was that is exactly that was <laughs> how I was feeling after the seventh inning ended. And, uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was just frustrated. I was like, because – so here's the deal. That's how this team has done the last five years. Right. And, and if we come back – in the ninth, it's at Pete Taylor Park. I saw a stat last night. Last year, this team was 0-18 when trailing after eight innings. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between this team and uh, the last few years is you just, again, they showed last night you can't count them out of a baseball game. How many times have I said this year, you guys, and I'm pulling out this dead horse, it smells, but I'm going to beat on him a little bit. This is a different Southern Miss no, team. There's no question. Entirely. There's no question. The fact that they have won all these midweek games, which they never used to be able to do, right? I mean, generally ten, speaking. 10 and 1 now, I think, in midweeks. The, and they're, they're winning. Maybe 11 and 1. They're winning almost all the close games. Right. And, and Luke, I think, has some numbers about, you know, how many games have been won by one run. It's pretty wild. You know, it's, it's amazing. And, and Kelly, and they're winning the sweet games, they're winning the recruiting games. They beat Mississippi State seven to one. Two out of three against Louisiana Lafayette. Two out of three against South Alabama. Two and zero oh against Tulane. 
one and zero against Alabama, one and zero against Ole Miss, two out of three against Louisiana Tech. Those are the sweet spot games that you want to win. It's going to be two and zero over Ole Miss. I think it is. Come next Wednesday, hey Bob. Is there any chance? <clears throat> Because we've been searching far and wide. Is is there any chance that anybody could possibly, on this show, or a genie out of a bottle or something, secure some tickets to the Ole Miss game Should next week? Should we ask Kelnack? Can we reach Kelnack? Is it possible? I, I don't even know if Kelnack can come up with tickets to the Ole Miss game. However... I think we'll have a couple tomorrow to give away. Wow. Yes, I think so. That'll be great. Yeah. Luke, hats out. off well, I to thought Kelnack, I thought Kelnack would come up with 101 different yeah. ways why he could not get <laughs> Ole Miss tickets. Hats off to Matthew Adams. This kid goes six and two-thirds inning, gives up four hits. Uh, three runs are counted against him, but but I got to tell you, man, I thought the kid was lights out and uh, – has really established himself as a as a fourth starting pitcher on the staff. Well, I mean, if we if we count all the ones that could start, I mean, he's what the seventh. Yeah, you start throwing Etheridge in there and and Stewart in there, but yeah, I mean, Adams six and two thirds last night. The only time he got in trouble was in was in the seventh, and you know, I kind of thought well, maybe we should have gone to the pin, maybe a batter earlier, but up until the seventh inning, I mean, nine strikeouts, and it was he got himself out of jams, didn't walk a batter. Um, through oh, 82 pitches, and I mean, this guy's an option. I, I remember um, in the off season they talked about how he had put on some weight, put on some muscle, um, you know, to, to build up some of that stamina and you know battle little injuries. But just to put it in perspective, over these last two starts, you you know, you look at his ERA, and I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 5.7. Well, it was like 14 before these last two midweek mm-hmm. midweek starts. So mm-hmm. uh, Matt Adams has brought his uh, his ERA down a whole 10 runs over these yeah. last two starts. I, I, I hate to say this, but I was thinking about what Kelly Sanders said last night when, when he was pitching, and Kelly's been telling me all year, we've got the pitchers, we've got the pitchers. That's, that is absolutely the most important thing we can have, pitching depth. You're right, Kelly, and you bring in a kid now like Matthew Adams late in the year? And and he's doing dominant performances in midweeks. And and at the end of the year. At the end of right, the year. When, fresh, kind of fresh. When you want guys clicking. So when Luke says that's an option, let me throw a word in front of option. Another option. Yeah. Right. So yeah. so when and when you're playing tournament ball, man, if you can throw a fresh guy out there, um, I'm telling you, I, I've said it before, the this is a special Southern Miss team. And they, they've got the ability to win it all. And I'm not talking a regional. I'm not talking a super regional. I'm talking about the little the little tournament they have up in Omaha. <laughs> well, listen to just, him, Luke. Listen to him. Just to put it this way, okay? So there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I can count to 16. 16 pitchers on the Golden Eagle staff, right? 10. 10 have sub-4 ERAs. That's that's crazy. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six of the sixteen have sub three ERAs. Uh, pitching dominant. Uh, five. Yeah, five have sub two five ERAs. And by the way, Harper's at one five three. That that when when you have like sixty percent of your pitching staff under four, and a lot of those are relievers who's. ERA, you know, sometimes is artificially inflated because of the lack of innings. I mean, I was proud last night of of Justin Storm, man. Pitch well, he Storm really comes well. in and 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 does phenomenal. So, yep. um, and then of course, I mean, how they ended at the end, Dalton Rogers. They call the infield in. 
that batter's thinking dead red. I mean, he just freezes him with that curveball, and and uh, it was it was great to see everybody contributed. How about he moves to the five hole? But how about now, Will McGillis, who has hit majority out of the seven hole? We talked to the coach about it uh, Monday. But right now, Will McGillis, 289, 13 home runs, 12 of those out of the seven hole. And Kelly, when Will McGillis connects, is 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 one of these no doubter home runs. It's no doubt what's happened when he hits the ball. Outsiders looking in who have said if if and that's with capital letters. If Southern Miss has a weakness, it's hitting hitting depth from top to bottom. But again, you don't have to hit 400 as a team when you got guys generally that are shoving, as they say, on the pitcher's mound. Right. They they have just been so good on the pitching mound, and and. The injuries that have occurred, you know, to to Wilkes, Peto, you know, the catchers earlier in the year, reshewing, yeah, reshewing, they haven't been, it haven't been pitchers, right? Okay, so as long as you've got that pitching staff, you're going to be able to compete. And the best thing, I was so glad that the Eagles came back and won that game last night because the Jags committed three errors, and you can't let a team that commits three errors get away with winning a ball game. Yeah. They need to be punished for making those you three errors. The the first game of the series back in February. I mean, we committed five and lost in thirteen innings. Yeah, that's right. So they, you know, right. in some sense, they returned the favor last night. But it was a outstanding performance. But I, Bob, to be honest, I was despondent. My mind went back to a game my senior year at Marshall on a Tuesday night. Marshall drives down the field. They're about to beat us on a field goal. I'm just sitting there shaking my head. John Archie, who's the head coach now at Coldboard High School, looked at me and started screaming at me. He's like, dude, you got to believe. Come on. And I was like, bro, we're about to get beat. We blocked the field goal and went in overtime. I had the exact same feeling last night. I felt like an idiot. And I'm glad the Eagles showed the me up because I was through. despondent. Hey, kudos to uh, South Alabama's uh, TV production people, first-rate broadcast last night. The guy that does those games is very, very good. And uh, it's enjoyable to watch these games when they're done well on ESPN Plus like that. So it, that was that was very good last night. And Coach Barry, in case you're listening, yes, I am much more relaxed. Today. He's happy. And you know yes. what? Credit credit the Southern Miss fan base, too. because well, There was a bunch of them there. Probably more than there were South Al fans. 2,700 in attendance. I think their average was somewhere around like 1,300. And if you watch Sar- the replay of Sargent's uh, RBI, two RBI single and the last pitch of the game, it sounds like you're at Pete Taylor Park. Yeah. All right, up next on the kill list is Old Dominion. We'll start taking care of them Friday night. And what we want to do is we want to make sure one of our listeners is there. So later in the show, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday Southern Miss Old Dominion series. And we'll get to talk to the voice of the Monarchs, Ted Alexander, later this week. On Friday. Looking forward to that. They're a good ball team. It'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. All right, Patrick McGee, he's down in New Orleans. Lots of news to talk about with the New Orleans Saints. Get his input on Southern Miss baseball and other stuff as well. The, the relieved and happy Eagle Hour continues right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back to the Southern Bank Corp Studios here in Hattiesburg and in Laurel. Quick reminder, the Eagle Hour on the road Friday at Ramey Motors down in the big city of Purvis. Dakota will be there. Kelly, 
Michael Mergens, it should be fun, Santa. Yeah, Tony Purvis will join us as well. They, they got it going on now that the grass is starting to wake up and just about every mower they've got in there, as soon as they get it, boom, it's off the lot. So we'll right. talk with them on Friday. Remember the Super the uh, Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast is available to you 24-7, 365 on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in. Or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour, and uh, she'll do it right there for you wherever you are. Campus Bookmart sponsors uh, this segment of the show, and we appreciate them as well. want to encourage you to buy all your Southern Miss apparel from them. Uh, Kathleen and her crew on Hardy Street. You can shop them online at campusbookmart.net. Wednesday, we always go to NOLA to speak to our good buddy Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. Patrick, uh-oh, oh. and Blue's joining us today. Glad to see that uh, that Blue is on the show as well. Uh, Patrick, uh, we'll talk to you a little bit later in the hour about the regional projections and all of that. But let's let's talk about the Saints for a minute. I know our, our man Luke here loves the New Orleans Saints, and uh, he thinks they had a great draft. Your thoughts about the guys they brought in and how it improves the football team? Well, I would have liked to have seen them get more in terms of numbers, uh, but through the trade they gave up a little bit. Um, so that was kind of the one rough spot for them is having to move up, give away some guys, <clears throat> excuse me, to move up and get Chris Olave there at 11. Uh, then they got pinning there at left tackle, uh, or ideally at left tackle. Uh, they're later in the first round. So I think those are really the two guys everybody kind of expected to be near the top of their list. and. And for them to leave the first round with those two guys, I think is a positive. Uh, I'm kind of waiting. You know, it's going to be waiting. Sam Penning, uh, he's coming from the FCS level. Uh, will it be, will he be able to contribute immediately? Is he going to be a year away? So, but with Olave, obviously they're going to expect him really kind of plug in and be a, a big contributor. Uh, overall, uh, you know, they were pretty aggressive through the undrafted free agents as well. Uh, got the running back out of Baylor. I think overall is pretty solid. Uh, would have liked to see maybe a, a, a pick at tight end or even at running back at some point. Patrick, how tough is it for a kid uh, to come out of college and immediately step in and play offensive line in the NFL? It just seems to me that would probably be the most difficult transition position-wise you could make your first year. Yeah, it could be one up, but it, it really kind of depends on the level of competition. If you're coming out of the SEC and you're facing, you know, the Alabamas and the A&Ms of the world, you're usually pretty tested, and, and you know what the guy's got. Uh, with pinning, it's 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 going to be a little bit of wait and see, but, you know, all the measurables and, and the, the makeup of, you know, his you know aggressive personality and the, and the way he is on the field, I you know, he, he's got everything that really that you want there. It's just going to be a wait and see and how he responds once he's, you know, facing six foot six, 260-pound defensive ends. Uh, yeah, that, that uh, flies. That, that, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's you know I, you know I like pinning a lot, but it's it's I'm not somebody's going to sit here and say oh he's going to be your starting left tackle day one. What do you think, Luke? Um, Patrick, yeah, I mean you know you lose the third and fourth round pick, but I felt like uh, Olave at the wide receiver position was probably the most explosive or, or best receiver with playmaking ability. He doesn't have the size, obviously, of like Drake London from Southern Cal. But there's a reason they moved him up, because now they have possession receiver. And now, Jamison Williams, probably a, a tad faster, not very much, but with the ACL, I mean, I, I was really happy, and then they could they stopped, and uh, they didn't have to do anything. You know, Penning fell to him at 19. What I was kind of surprised of, and this is a, another question, to Kobe Dean, who is from the state of Mississippi, a little undersized, 
But you know the guy that the that the Saints take in the second round, uh, Taylor out of uh, out of Tennessee, he's not known necessarily for being that quick, and they think he you know he he might play safety. Um, Nakobe Dean fell to the third round, and I was kind of surprised. You know, I, I, he was kind of a, a first round, uh, mid to late first round projections. Specifics why they took a cornerback in the second round? Yeah, I mean, I I think they must just really like. I mean, he just he looks the part, and he's got you know I think he ran a four three six. Uh, 40. So uh, obviously they they really like him, uh, and they and they wanted to add another guy in the secondary with with the addition of the Honey Badger that that depth chart uh, and you know have, making a high draft pick there at corner. I mean that depth chart at secondary is looking really good. Um, you know there's across the board they're pretty solid. Maybe you don't have quite the depth that you, at linebacker or uh, you know defensive line, especially on the ends, are really good. Maybe up the middle you would like to add somebody else. But depth wise, the secondary they're looking pretty good. I, you know, yeah. I was kind of surprised with the pick of Taylor. Uh, I, you know, I, I was kind of scratching my head. But uh, if if they like, they're usually pretty good at, at judging guys in the first three rounds of the draft. And if they think he's an impact guy, they went and got him. Want to uh, want to talk about uh, Honey Badger here in just a second? But you know, Abram Smith, the running back they get. Some models had him, you know, picking Tyler Goodson out of Iowa, but they don't take a running back uh, in the uh, in the draft uh, itself. But they get Baylor's running back last year as a senior, sixteen hundred yards rushing, uh, twelve touchdowns. Um, didn't catch any, but I mean, he's five eleven, two twenty one. Eventually, you got to start looking at something because Mark Ingram, uh, you know, a little long in the tooth. Uh, Kamara had his worst year. Do you think Smith's a, a guy that that can play? Well, I, I think they're going to have. To, he's going to have to play. Really, uh, there there really isn't anybody on the roster outside of Ingram and Kamara that that are going to be guys that can consistently carry it. You know, sixteen, eighteen times a game. Uh, the way this guy's built, I think he can. He's a converted linebacker. He didn't really play running back in college until his uh, final season there at Baylor. So one way to look at it is he doesn't have the mileage. Uh, that some of these other guys have coming in, he's going to be fairly fresh. Uh, you know, and you mentioned that uh, he's probably not much of a factor when it comes to catching the ball out of the backfield. So that's one thing you have to kind of uh, take into account. But uh, in a way, maybe he can be that kind of you know that that hard runner up the middle that Ingram is. But you know, just kind of he's there in the event that Ingram has to miss some time. And we all know running backs in the NFL are going to miss some time here or there. So. Uh, it, it, Smith is an interesting guy uh, from Baylor, and I think they're going to need that it, for for this team to kind of be successful. I think they really kind of need him to earn that third spot because I'm really not a believer in Tony Jones or anybody else they have available. Right? So, so with the pick in the second round, Patrick, in the defensive secondary, then <clears throat> Teron Matthew, of course, former LSU star, now headed back to New Orleans. It would not seem that it would be all that imperative that they sign the Honey Badger, but very quickly after the draft, a deal was struck. So I'm kind of intrigued yeah. as to why they felt they needed Matthew when they went that way in the draft in the second round. Well, I know a lot of people were surprised they drafted a corner and not a safety. Uh, I think they had a safe, there was a safety that looked like might fall to him there, and uh, he got scooped up uh, right before the Saints pick. So uh, I think maybe at that point they realized they weren't going to get a safety that they wanted, or maybe they had decided they were going to go after Matthew, you know, either way. Uh, but it was specifically a safety they had to address. And, and Matthew, that's the position he's played throughout his career in the NFL. And, uh, it, you know, he's not the type of safety they've had there recently. The idea is that he's kind of versatile and that he can kind of fill all the roles necessary. You know, uh, Malcolm Jenkins was more of a guy that covered tight ends, you know, could kind of work close to the line of scrimmage. 
uh, Matthew can kind of fill a bunch of different roles. So I think they uh, they found a guy that can really kind of meet the needs. Whenever you lose Malcolm Jenkins and in your other starting safety, uh, it's it's going to be tough to replace that. But bringing in Matthew and May from the Jets. Uh, they're pretty solid there, and they've signed some other guys to add depth there at safety as well. So Matthew from LSU now ends up going back to the Saints, and if you are an LSU fan, I've never seen a school never graduate anybody but have people be big fans of the school, right? Alabama comes to mind. <laughs> Alabama's another one. But the Bengals are playing he al- at- He always gets this in, Patrick. Have you noticed this? Go ahead. The Bengals are playing the Saints this year in New Orleans. Where so, you go? So Joey B, Jamar, Joey B, Joey Burrow and I are tight now, you know. Okay. Joey B, uh, Jamar Chase, Teron Matthew, all those LSU guys aren't going to play yeah. each other in the NFL. You know, I think we all go down and stay at Patrick's place and go to the game that weekend. Patrick, you up for having us all down? Yeah, yeah, come on down. There we go, Kelly. You I don't know. I don't, no. I don't know. If okay. Blue, I don't know if Blue will go for it, and and Lauren, <laughs> Lauren's the only one that can afford the tickets for all of us. So Lauren, <laughs> can you Johnson. talk to her for us, Luke? Maybe she can spring for me and Kelly a ticket to the Saints. Uh, if Lauren Bengals goes game. to the Saints game. She don't want to sit by y'all because she's uh, really loud. You wouldn't want to okay. sit by her because she gets into it. Her Lauren, sweet little Lauren, gets loud at a Saints game. I find that hard, boy. You should. Watch one with her in the same room. She she starts yelling. <laughs> All right, we're going to hold Patrick over. He's uh, willing to do that. And, uh, Patrick, we want to talk to you about the latest regional baseball projections. Get your thought about uh, Southern Miss baseball. Anything else you want to throw in about the Saints? We've got about 30 seconds left. Anything that we overlooked? Uh, well, I mean, heck, you know, the Matthew deal is a, is a big deal for the Saints. But, you know, everybody really wants to talk about the breakers these days. But they did come up that loss, so I don't, I don't have, any, I don't have any other great insight to add on that. All right, well, we can talk about the breakers as well. I'm, I'm kind of surprised to hear that, but uh, there's a lot of chatter down there about that. No, and Elfed <laughs> might, good. Elfed might be an, an NFL potential coach. It's, you know, it's tough. I don't care how good you are to come into New Orleans and take the place of the Saints. I'm just not sure that that's possible. Yeah, that is um, a tough task. We'll be back more with Patrick McGee right after this. Fourth Street Bar Grill sponsors the third segment of the Eagle Hour each and every day. We appreciate Slade and all the guys down there. We talk about it every day, but it's always true. A great lunch, a group, uh, kind of a working guy's lunch every day for nine ninety five. A good food and lots of it and a good Southern cooking uh, Monday through Friday at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. We appreciate all that uh, they do. All right, a little later in the show, at the end of this segment, we're going to give you a number but for, to win some baseball tickets, but we're, we're making it too easy. We say the first call. We're going to say like the fourth call this time or the fifth call. We'll decide. How about 12? Yeah, but we're going to. You're, you're going to decide like on the fly or on you're the fly. Like, whatever okay. hits me on the fly. But it will not be. 
it will not be the first caller. Patrick McGee is ineligible to win those tickets, but he gets media passes anyway. So, but but you know, we established yesterday there's only like three listeners to the Eagle Hours. You don't go past three, Bob. You may good not point. get more. Well, no, they'll point. just keep recalling those yeah, three. Those three guys will keep calling. <laughs> I have I have confidence in them. They're very loyal. Uh, Patrick. Uh, well, let me throw it to Luke, Patrick. Luke has some new baseball regional projections, and let's get Patrick's thoughts, Luke. So before we just get to that, just to, to let our listeners know, Southern Miss got back in the uh, top ten of the RPI last night, according to uh, Warren Nolan today. Southern Miss at ninth, um, right in front of Oklahoma State. Dallas Baptist, of course, has swept the Eagles. They remain at five. All right. Uh, two regional projections out today. The first from D1 Baseball. D1 has Southern Miss as the 10th overall seed, paired against uh, the College Station Regional, which will be Texas A&M. Southern Miss, uh, the one seed. NC State, the two. Louisiana, Lafayette, in honor of Patrick, three. And Campbell, number four. Baseball America has a Southern Miss as a national seed, as the eight seed, paired against the Auburn Alabama uh, regional, of course, Auburn Tigers uh, in the eight uh, national seed regional in Hattiesburg. Same teams except the four switches out. North Carolina State two, Louisiana Lafayette three, McNeese State number four. Go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think right now the way you have to look at it is, is Southern Miss is still on path for a, a top eight national seed. It's just reliant on how they play over the next two or three weeks. Um, you know, the, with Old Dominion coming in, these are all pretty good RPI teams. And Southern Miss is going to be playing the rest of the way. Old Dominion, UTSA, uh, Ole Miss, even UTSA right now is kind of considered a bubble team. So if Southern Miss really kind of takes takes care of business over the next two or three weeks, I think Southern Miss is looking at an eight seed. And also, it's definitely going to help if Southern Miss can win the conference tournament. Uh, but I think even if, say, Southern Miss finishes out with only one or two losses in the regular season and then – Makes a strong run to the uh, championship game around about the conference tournament. I think Southern Miss is an AC. And of course, a lot, some, some of that plays into it is how well some of these other teams are playing. Somebody else may get insanely hot or some, some, could, you know, some other factor could come into play. Uh, but really winning that, the third game against UAB and bouncing back and, and eking out one against uh, South Alabama last night, I think Southern Miss really helped itself by winning last night. That was, that was an important the midweek game that Southern Miss has had in a bit because, you know, if you're sitting there losing three out of four games, people might start to doubt you a little bit. Yeah, I thought about that last night in the seventh <laughs> inning, losing three out of four games. But, uh, but fortunately, Yeah, but, but fortunately uh, that uh, that didn't. Patrick, how long did you work at uh, – how long did you work on the coast covering Southern Miss sports? Uh, well, you know, on the coast I was there at nine years, and when I was in Hattiesburg, uh, you know, I, I, I was working for the Hattiesburg America when I was in college. So right. I was there 12 years, so two decades. Right. So but, I want to ask you this question. How does this Southern Miss baseball team stack up against all the teams you covered through the years? Is this the best Southern Miss baseball team we've seen? Well, yeah, I would say so. Uh, uh, at this very moment, I'd say no, but you don't have Wilkes and Ewing in the lineup. I'm just talking about at this very moment. Uh, once you get Ewing and, and Wilkes back healthy in the lineup, I think it is the best. Um, you know, uh, you go back to 2017 when Southern Miss hosted. That was a great lineup. Uh, it had some great pitchers, but they didn't have anywhere anywhere close to the depth pitching wise uh, that this team has. And that's what wins championships is is pitching. And and it's it's pretty amazing. You know, the job Christian Ostrander has done 
uh, with this group. But of course, Scott Barry, you know, everybody, he, you know, he plays a role in this as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, pitching wise, uh, the depth they have, and, and really, you know, I, you know, there's certain pitcher last night. He was he wasn't even pitching at all through the first uh, few months of the season. Now you right. put him out there, and all of a sudden you have like a six guy you could put right. out there and possibly right. uh, start a game in a conference tournament or a regional. So it's it's pretty nuts. You know, the, the Tanner Hall looked a little bit off his last time out, but there's no reason to believe he won't bounce back and. And, and be his dominant self, but overall, uh, pitching wise, this team is 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 the best depth wise. Well, Pat, Kelly's over here patting himself on the back, uh, just, Patrick. He, he, Kelly's been bragging about our batting. He just says batting and offense is the keys. Uh, so thank, thank <laughs> no. you, Patrick, for bringing up pitching because I think pitching is so important. <laughs> Kelly, you speak up. Go I ahead. have not been saying. You guys know what I've been saying. I've been saying that all along. Exactly what. Exactly what. Uh, Kelly said. believes that there's enough pitching depth that it'll really show up in tournament play, and it could be a really serious, serious run. You agree with that, Patrick? It it, sh- it should, and it you know it can. Uh, but I mean, the it, you, you go back to Friday night UAB were really pretty much ever they put everybody up on the mound just wasn't themselves. Just as long as a group that they're all pitching well and throwing well and kind of living up the standard we've seen all season, uh, this is a team that could easily win a regional and get to a super regional situation. And what all you know, we all know how unpredictable a super regional, any regional is. Uh, but if they pitch like they have this season, they're they're a team that's going to be a heavy favorite on its home field as long as they're hosting. Yeah, and and th- what happened at UAB was an anomaly. Right, that that hasn't happened all year long. So you look at the entire body of work that the pitching staff has put together as a unit, as a whole. The pitching staff has the ability to and and look. There's nothing wrong with the hitters, but I'm just saying if I have to choose one part of my team that's going to be a little bit weaker than the other, I want my hitters to be weaker than my pitchers because the pitchers ultimately are you know like Patrick said, pitching wins championships, and Southern Miss is in that boat right now. Um, and what happened at UAB was an anomaly. The overall body of work has been spectacular. They're, they've got everything they need to make a run. Patrick, we were talking uh, before the show about, uh, about the game last night and how exciting the thought is of Southern Miss moving to the Sun Belt in baseball when you're going to have these weekend series with South Al and Louisiana Lafayette. And they're really good programs from over in Alabama and Georgia. A lot of re- – in Louisiana, a lot of regional flavor – and uh, I think some real baseball rivalries could uh, could be born. Yeah, and we, you know, South Alabama's really given Southern Miss, you know, a hard time here in recent seasons. It's a good sign for Southern Miss to kind of get two out of three uh, from them going to Sunbelt play. If you go and see how, you know, what a lot of people are saying on social media, and I went and looked, and a lot of South Alabama fans were kind of kind of frustrated because Southern Miss really took over the stadium in Mobile uh, <laughs> last night in terms of fans. And and it was kind of a wake-up call for a program like South Alabama, who's been super competitive with Southern Miss in recent years, football, basketball, baseball. Uh, but in terms of that rivalry going forward, it's going to be hard to match Southern Miss's passion in a, in a lot of different areas. And I, hopefully – it's kind of a wake-up call for South Alabama in, in, in understanding that they're going to have to kind of they're going to have to reach a little higher now to, to to match a Southern Miss baseball program if they're going to compete with them year in year out in terms of investments and and, and fan support. Uh, they're going to have to up their game a little bit. And what, what's, what's interesting to hear that what what what, was, what were the comments, Patrick? Well, I mean, there was just acknowledgement that you know Southern Miss fans were there. There were just many Southern Miss fans, and they were you know I think somebody said five times louder. 
yeah. I mean, it, 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 there just wasn't much atmosphere within the ballpark, and it was Southern Miss fans who created the atmosphere. And here, here's something that should really excite you if you're a Golden Eagle fan. They set an all-time season ticket sale record this year. All right, this is the last year they're in Conference USA. Next year, when you that get to the Sun really blow up. You're going to, I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath every weekend with those teams that you mentioned. You throw in Georgia State, you throw in Coastal Carolina. Oh, by the way, they won the national championship a few years ago. Georgia Southern's ranked in the Old Dominion's going to be around. They're they're still around. Georgia Southern's in the top 25. It's going to be a, if, if you didn't, if you didn't ever get a season ticket, Next year is going to be the time you need to start. And if, if the success of the program continues with the teams that they're going to be bringing into the Pete every weekend in the Sun Belt, as Roy Scheider said in Jaws, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> and that's exciting. For that's Southern your last Miss. question. Has Southern Miss officially become a baseball school? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I think it's been that way for, you know, a few years now. I wouldn't go back a decade or so. But just, you know, the inconsistent, inconsistent of the football program here recently has made it a bit you – know, everybody's kind of invested a little bit more in baseball because, every, you know, if you're a Southern Miss fan, you like to get behind a winner. And uh, I know Will Hall you know, looks like he's probably going to put a competitive product on the field this year. Uh, but everybody's kind of gradually gravitated more and more towards baseball. And uh, that, that, you know, it's a baseball state. It's a baseball region. And uh, uh, Southern Miss right, you know, right now has the best, the best team in, in Mississippi or Louisiana – and uh, that's that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot, Patrick. That's a good way to end our segment. Appreciate the extra time, buddy. We always uh, have fun talking to you. Rub blue on the head for all three of us, and enjoy your weekend in New Orleans. All right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody. NOLA.com. Great friend of this show. and uh, We never we never guy. did find out what Blue was barking at, though, earlier. So somebody knocked at the door. Oh, okay. Blue was guarding. He's on the job. All right. Give me a call. Be the, be the fifth caller. At 601-264-8910. Fifth caller. We'll be right back. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. We love your enthusiasm and we thank you for calling, but you can stop now because yeah. we uh, we do have the uh, fifth caller and his name is Dale Atwood and he's from right here in Hattiesburg. And uh, Dale, thanks for listening to the Eagle Hour. Thanks for uh, competing in that phone uh, competition there. And uh, we've got you six tickets to this weekend's Southern Miss Old Dominion Baseball Series. Heck yeah, I'll take them. Six tickets. Yeah, Dale, you've been good. I'm glad to, I'm glad that uh that you won it. And uh how good how good is this team, Dale? Man, they they're pretty good. Now, uh, I'm glad to get to go watch them. I ain't got to see them at home all year this year. So I'm, I'm glad to get a chance to go see them. Well, there'll be a lot there'll be you'll have a couple of friends around you. I got a feeling this yeah, weekend. It should Bob. be a great crowd, a great atmosphere. We're really glad that uh, you won. Real quick, where are you from? What do you do, Dale? I'm self-employed. I live out toward Oak Grove, and uh, and uh, just like Southern Miss, I listen to your show every day. Well, thank you. You said you were from Olo. Is that correct? Olo. 
Right. Yeah. It's a, so, sub, a suburb of Oak Grove. It's a suburb of Oak <laughs> yeah, Grove. Yeah, suburb of Oak Grove. That's a pretty <laughs> big city, big, big prosperous place there, Olo, I think. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. Hey, man, we're glad, you, we're glad you're listening, and uh, we appreciate you very much. We'll put the tickets here for you uh, in our studio, and we hope that you have a great time uh, this weekend at the ball game. All right, thanks, man. All right, Dale Atwood, everybody from Olo, Mississippi. Yeah, and look, if you didn't, if you didn't, weren't able to get in today, of course, the phones were, were obviously ringing yeah. off the hook. We are going to have opportunities for you to win some Ole Miss tickets. That game is sold out. I think for next tomorrow, Wednesday. what we'll do is we'll pick an an odd number, the caller, and okay. we'll send uh, two people to watch the Golden Eagles beat Ole Miss next Tuesday night. Boy, well, look, this is the only place you're going to be able to get them because it is sold out, and it has been for about two weeks now. But through the magic so. of Kelnack and our new friendship with Kelnack, we have divined some tickets for the Ole Miss Southern Miss. Well, we did hear from Kelnack. The only thing that he could confirm is that Campbell is going to be in the regional with Southern Miss. And, of course, the only reason he knows that is because the Campbell mascot are the fighting camels. Is that hump? That's that's who's coming to the peak, baby. (laughs) The fighting camels. All right, coming to the peak. Y'all ready for y'all ready for some some interesting things? Blow our mind, Luke. Blow our mind. Right. Kelly mentioned this earlier. This isn't the one that that'll blow your mind, but but here's an interesting stat. So Southern Miss lost ten games, right? All right. Only two of those were by more than two runs. Six of the ten losses by two runs. Mm-hmm. Two of the two losses by one run. So eighty percent of the losses this year, two runs or less. Now here's the one that'll mm-hmm. blow your mind. Obviously, we've talked about how many strikeouts this pitching staff has racked up. Last night, they crossed over into 500 strikeouts. They're at 508 right now. That's crazy. In 45 games, 45 games, okay? Okay. 71% of the time, which is 32 of those games, they have struck out more than 10 batters. 20 of the 45 games... Which is they nearly have, half. They have struck out 12 or more batters, and eight times they have struck out 15 or more batters. I didn't count how many times they have struck out nine batters, but it is around probably the five, six, seven mark. So that is when Southern Miss goes out, there's about a three-quarter chance they're going to strike out at least ten batters. And if you compare that, okay, so they've, they've played how many games now? 45. All right, so times 10 would be 450. Well, they've struck out 508, so they're obviously over the 10 strikeout average. Luke, with all of your numbers that you've got there, and i got to tell you, folks, Luke Johnson's room is nothing but numbers. The wallpaper. It's kind of creepy, really. Yeah, everything is is numbers. Um, How many have they walked compared to the 508 strikeouts? Now, before he looks at that number, remember what you shoot for. At the, what is acceptable at the major league level is a three to one ratio. All right, so a three to one ratio here would be with five, let's just for the ease of the math, five hundred strikeouts. You'd only want probably a hundred and fifty walks compared to the five hundred strikeouts. Do we know, Luke? Compared to yes. the five hundred and eight strikeouts, of course he knows. With one twenty-five being what would be acceptable. How many walks does Southern Miss give up? They've only walked 118, which puts their K to walk ratio at 4.31. It's pretty good stuff. Isn't it? <laughs> when, second in the country. Stuff. Second in the country. When again, three to one at the major league level is acceptable. I don't think they walked anyone last night till maybe late in the game. 
The starter walked nobody, did he, Luke? He didn't walk a single batter. No, he didn't. I think Boyd walked one. Um, Southern Miss right now second nationally in whip. Southern Miss also fourth in strikeouts per nine innings. They're averaging 11.3 per nine innings across 45 games. Walks allowed per nine innings, Southern Miss at four. They're allowing less than three walks. Right. A game right at two point six. Last time Tanner Hall went out there, I guess you know people said, "Well, oh, he he wasn't as sharp as he had. Mm. came into the dugout." You know, threw his glove against the wall, and somebody said, "What are you so upset about?" He said, "I walked a guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I walked one well." Guy. I want Coach Barry and you guys to know, moving forward, I'm going to be relaxed. I'm just not going to be nervous about don't this Don't be despondent. No, I'm not, can't be more, I can't be despondent anymore, guys. But I don't believe that you're going to be relaxed either. <laughs> you know, I just know you're just too into it, Bob. Yeah. You, you uh, got you to gotta believe, may the fourth be with this team. That's right. All right, Kelly, I, I want you to do this before we leave. Who is our guest tomorrow? Uh, we, yeah, we were going to have her today, Southern Miss soccer star Ileana Escarado. What's that name again? Ileana Escarado. And why is she Under on the show? Under 20, World yeah. Cup for yeah. the country of Colombia. How about that? Joining us tomorrow. What's her name, Kelly? Ileana Escarado. Tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. We hope you'll join us. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.